Jared, are we up? Okay, good deal. Uh, good to have everyone here. If you're watching us on live stream, we're grateful that you've chosen to come with us. I know there's a couple of people I know for sure are watching us this morning. Uh, I know that I know that Mark and Ann are watching, and we, you know, uh, get well soon, Ann. Uh, get, uh, you know, she's still struggling with her. She's got to be off her feet for a while, so she's not going to be here for for a bit. So, and thank you, Sarah and Jared, for, for stepping up and doing the things y'all are doing to to get all this stuff ready for for Sunday morning worship. Uh, you know. Everything that we know that I guess y'all all got the emails for about Dale Orr. Y'all got I think she emailed blasted out. Uh, that's that's as much as we know. We don't know any more than that. Uh, that she's going to be in the hospital for another week or so, probably in Houston. Uh, she had a procedure done where they put a stent in next to her liver and it, it shifted, and she had to go back in for another surgery. She got she got an infection, and it was uh, you know uh, so. They got it fixed, and now she's uh, just recovering and going to be in the hospital for a bit. And then her sister died a couple of days before that, so uh, the, the memorial is tomorrow, and and not gonna she's not going to be able to be there, so because she's still going to be in the hospital. So anyway, keep praying for Dale. Uh, that's the last update we know. Uh, she goes to Houston every week. She goes on Sunday, I believe. Stays there all week, and but to, to help take care of her granddaughter, and then comes back on Friday. And then comes to worship and then goes back. It's kind of, that's where she was. That's why she was in Houston already. So, uh, yeah, Andy? Yeah, no, no, let me know something. Okay. Okay. Uh, we got a lot, we got a lot of people that are, they're in the process of getting test results back. Uh, I know, uh, Sue has got some things that are coming up too. So, hey, Rob, it's good to see you, man. I hear you're graduating. <laughs> Yes, he did. He's got a job over the too. So everything, everything in life is good right now, isn't it? Good deal. It's good to see you, man. Uh, uh, anyway, uh, we're going to be in First Timothy chapter four, right at the end of chapter four. The last two verses. What we're going to deal with this morning, uh, and then probably get into chapter five. I don't know if we'll get there. We'll see how this goes. But first off, happy Mother's Day, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Don't y'all all jump up and down at once. Well, that's just the terminology. That's just how, that's just my turn up. Happy Mother's Day, ladies. No, it, it, this is, uh, guys, it, this, it's only the beginning of the hour. Yeah. Jim just said, what about the other ones? What about what other ones? You said ladies, and he said, what about the rest of them? Oh. I just wanted all you women to know that he you said see, that. You see, what, you see what we put up with? This is, if you come here in person, you'll see what we put up with on a Sunday morning. It's, you know. No, guys, we have a good time. You know, and it's, I think, I think for me personally, I think when you study God's word, I think, you know, there's, there's a seriousness to it, but also we need to have fun doing this. Okay. I think, I think we need to have fun doing it. So anyway, we're going to, we're going to pray and, and guys, please, I'm not going to pray for everybody this morning, but please pray for, for those that we've talked about, Dale and Ann and, and Sue and Andy and just um, at, uh, Alan is, is going to get tested with Alan. When are you going with? Waiting on some, okay. So just wait still. All right. So we've got some folks that are in that process. So just be praying for them, okay? All right, let's pray. We'll get started. Father in heaven, thank you so much for the opportunity we have to be here this morning. 
We pray a prayer of thanksgiving for the for the time that we have. Uh, pray for all that are here and all that are watching uh, us online. Pray that that uh, this class will be an inspiration. Uh, it'll be a it'll be a learning process that we can learn from and grow from. And Father, that our worship will be an, an, an aroma that goes up in a sweetness to you. We thank you, Father, for the opportunity we have to worship together as a family. Father, we truly are a family, and we ask, Father, that you continue to bless us here as we as we move forward. Father, we ask your blessings upon all of those we've mentioned this morning. Uh, we pray in one state of, of uh, problems or another, and we just pray, Father, for each one of them, uh, that your hand would be on them, and your hand would help them to uh, to get to the place they need to go to get to physically. Father, just bless us, bless our families, and thank you, Father, for for all the the mothers that are represented in this class and at this at this place this morning. We thank you for them. We honor them. We pray a prayer of thanksgiving, Father, that uh, that and a prayer of blessing on each one of them, Father. Many of them are in the process of of their children being at home, and some some of the, some of, of them have come to the place of being grandparents. And I just pray, Father, that you bless each one of them in a very special way. Father, thank you again for loving us, and thank you for being our God. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. First Timothy chapter four. This uh, this letter is a letter written to a young man in Ephesus, and uh, I don't know if that was a blessing for Timothy or not. But evidently, Paul saw something in Timothy why he left him there. Uh, Ephesus is not uh, not a, a stopover that you'd want to make as a young preacher. It's a very very volatile, very very chaotic place. Uh, they remember they are the ones that tried to try to stone Paul to death. They tried to kill him. And so, and he leaves this young preacher. Evidently, he is extremely dynamic. And in chapter 4, he's told him a couple of things that we've looked at over the last month or so. We've looked at different, thing, the different things here. And I just want to restate them, and then we're going to move on to, to, verse, to, to the last two verses of this chapter. Uh, and we're going to look at that. But he, said, he says, you make sure that you train yourself to be, to, to God, to be godly. Uh, so he, we looked at that. You know, he said, also, put your hope in the living God. He said, make sure you set an example for those around you. And he said, do not ever neglect the gift that God's given you. And I think those are those are things that he told. There's a lot more there, but I picked those out because I think they really they really are a testament to us. You know, that we need to be training ourselves. We need to be setting ourselves an example uh, to others. We need to make sure that we put our hope in God and in a living God. And that we need to not neglect the gift. We looked at that last week. And then in, in verse uh, in verse 15, we're going to look at verse 15 and 16 before we move into chapter 5. <clears throat> and, and I want you to read this, and then we're going to talk about it for a minute. It says, be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. Watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them. Because if you do, you will save your both yourselves and your hearers. You know, there's... When you look at, at what he tells him at the end of this chapter, he's going to move on into what it means to be a family and, and how we are supposed to take care of each other in chapter 5. But at the end of this chapter, the verse, the thing he said at the end, it says, you be diligent in these things. Give yourself wholly to them. What do you think it means to, for when this, this guy, this apostle, writes this young preacher and says, you be diligent in those things? What does it mean to be diligent in these things? He kind of clarifies, he says, give yourself wholly to them. What does it mean to be diligent for you? What do you what do you think that means? Devoted to. Be devoted to. Okay. Committed to. Be committed to. Uh, to meditate upon them, think about them on a regular basis. You know, I think I think in our lives, and you know, because I, I said 
this is something that we need to look at and how this how did we approach this this text i know he's writing to this young preacher but could he not be writing to us as well you know that we need to be in training we need to be setting example we need to put our hope in god we need to make sure we don't neglect the gift that's been given to us and then to be diligent he tells him at them be diligent you know give yourself holy to them there is so much in our world that is trying to distract us you know in every one of our lives is something different you know it may be something it may be a, a, something as a whole but many of our uh, many of us have something in our lives that are is striving striving to distract us so if these things are important to you and are they? You have to ask yourself, are these things that he told Timothy, are they important to me? Is it important to me that I be that I be in training to be godly, to be a godly person? Is it important to me that I set the right kind of example to the people around me? Is it important to me that I that I that I take the gift that God's given me and nurture it and mold it if and, and let God let God really put me in that position? Is that important to you? Is it important to you to be holy and to have a living God that you can put that hope in? Is that important to you? So if it is, if that is important to you, what steps would you go to to make sure that these are a part of your life? What steps would you be willing to go to to make these a part of your life? What would you do? What would you be willing to do? Would you be willing to abandon personality traits that maybe are not in conducive to, to putting this into place in your life? Would you be willing to do that? Would you be willing to get to, to, uh, to walk away from people in your life that you know do not carry these same motivations, they do not carry these same character traits? Would you be willing to do that? Would you be willing to change the, the kind of dynamic you are as a parent, a mother, a father, a grandmother, grandfather? Would you be willing to do that? If that's what it called for in your life, would you be willing to do that? If it's that important, you know, and you ask yourself, you know, is it is it important enough to me? Because remember something, guys. At some point, this life is going to be over. All right, we are we are we are not immune from. At some point, we're going to be gone. Okay, some of us sooner than others. Just a fact that we're not. We're not all going to be here forever. At some point, you know, when you're young, you don't think like that. But as you get older, you think like that. You start thinking, well, you know, I am, I am, I'm not even at the top of the hill anymore. I'm down on the other side. I'm going downhill now. Which is fine. That's, you know, I'm, I'm not living. We should not be living to stay here. I don't want to stay here. This is not where I want to stay. I want to go to someplace else. And so if I look at this, I say, okay, you know, is this important enough? Is it important enough for me to try to nurture myself from my perspective? Because he says at the end of that text, he said, you will not only save yourselves, but save those who hear you. Okay? Remember, Paul wrote, he said, he wrote, he said, I, 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 I'm not going to quote it because I can't quote it. And I don't want to. He said, he said, to work, he works out his own salvation with fear and trembling. You remember he said that? You know, I know who saves me. God saves me. I know whose blood was shed on the cross, not mine, his, not ours, his. I know what that means. It means salvation has come to my house, to my family, to my life. It's come to me. I didn't do that. But I can if I don't, if I don't put into practice the things in this book, if you're not willing to be obedient to God and do what God said, you know, we got a young man that's fixing to start 
his life as an adult. You know, you can say he's been an adult for a long time, but man, he is starting now. He has finished college. You know, a great accomplishment to finish college and, and still be sane. <laughs> and now he's going to go into the job force and he's going to see what being an adult really is like. What's going to, that, what the, here's the real world. Now he's going to have to make decisions, you know, that don't have any connection to mom and dad. Don't even have any connection to a dean or college professors. He's going to be on his own, and he's going to have to remember at some point who he is and who he belongs to. He's going to have to decide who that is. He's going to have to decide who he is and who he belongs to. Maybe he's already made that decision. I don't know. But if he hasn't, that's what he's going to have to do, and life is going to throw a lot of curveballs at him. Life is going to throw a lot of things at him to try to make him make wrong decisions. That's what Satan does. That's what he's good at. And so if you don't figure out at some point that this, that this book's important, that these things are important to me, you know what you're going to do? You're going to make some really bad mistakes in your life. And some of them you can't come back from, or you won't let yourself come back from, or people can't come back from, or the, the things, the consequences of it, people can't come back from. Not all of them, but some of them. And so we have to be mindful of, is this important enough to me, and what, will I, what am I willing to do? You know, and it's different for you if you're younger. It's different if you're older. What is? What are you willing to do? Tell me what you were. Tell me what somebody who's older. What were you willing to do in your life? Because this was important to you. Being a godly individual was important to you. What were you willing to do? You had to let go of some people. You had to let go of some people. You had to walk away from some people. Why? Why is that, Leslie? Why did you have to walk away from some people? Were they just bad people or just all of the above? No, they were trying to get me to not follow God anymore. Okay. And, and, and she said they were trying to get me to not follow God anymore. Now, that's not, sometimes not blatantly obvious, but it's a lifestyle that's trying to get you that way. Some some people, some people are just adamant they don't want you following God. But most of us don't have that in our lives. Most of us have just people that are, are going the wrong track and they maybe are, are influencing you in a, in a way that's not healthy. What else? What? What were you willing to do to make these principles active in your life? What are you willing to do? You're different. Oh, your lifestyle has to be different. Okay. Whatever you do in your life, the, the people that you uh, that you go with, mm -hmm. you have to stay away from. Okay. You know, and the things that you've done before, you stop. How, how many? Uh, and I and you and I had a conversation the other day. Yes. And, and I'm not going to relate that conversation, but, but uh, basically, I, I, I'm going to do more. I'm going to be more. I'm gonna, I know I can do, and I'm going to be more. I'm going to do more things. You know, and, I'm, and I'm going, you know, that takes a lot of courage when you have it for a long time to put yourself out there where, where you can, people are going to look at you and say, yeah, right. You know, I don't like But that takes courage. What about personality traits that you've had to work on or are working on? I mean, if you have some negative personality traits in your life. <laughs> I got one person back there waving at me. <laughs> and, and I'm not, I'm not going to ask what, but all of us have some personality traits that are not conducive sometimes to what God expects us to do. And to being diligent, finding out what's important, meditating on the right things, sometimes, and I, and I said before, and Cole and I talked about this at one point, personality traits are the hardest thing to, de to deal with, hardest thing to, to get out of, out of our lives. All right? Because some of it comes from our DNA. Some of it comes from who we were bred to be by circumstances or family members or whatever. You know, I've talked to a lot of people that of things, consequences that happened in their lives 
dictated who they were as they became older. And it, and there was an anger and a rage in some people that I've talked to that they can't they can't they can't get past ten years old, twelve years old, fifteen years old, can't get past it because it's it's carried on to now they're thirty five and they're and they're full of this seething anger because of things that happened in their lives. And so, you know, at some point you have to get to a place where you say, you know, I'm not gonna do this anymore. I can't I can't go here anymore. So some of that rage and anger maybe have to you have to, you have to get a handle on it. You have to work on it. God will help with that, but you've got to find it's important enough for me that I'm going to do this. A lot of it's resentment. It can be resentment. It absolutely can be resentment. You know. So you know what? It, so what else? What if what if you found that I need to do because it's important to me that I'm going to really work on. I'm really going to do. What? You, I had to give up. I had to give up. Uh, uh, before Christ, I was really committed to my business. I worked lots of hours, made lots of money, and when Christ came in my life, and I said, I can't do this anymore. Because there was many times on Wednesday night, that was, I was, that was not going to be here. That was the way. I was not going, I, I figured if I went to church once a month, that was good. And everything, you know, I got my ticket punched, and everything is fine. And and when Christ came in my life, I said, i got to make some decisions here. I can't keep doing this. I'm going to lose my family. I'm going to lose my, I'm going to lose my connection to God, and I'm going to lose my life. I'm going to lose my life spiritually. I will lose my life. So I had to make some decisions. So I had to, I had to abandon. I said, you know, I can't do this this way anymore. And that was hard because I lost customers over it because customers, you know, they bring a car to you, and they want it fixed. They want it fixed yesterday. They don't fix tomorrow. They want it fixed yesterday. If you're not willing to work until 3, 4, 5 o'clock in the morning to fix that car, and they, you know, then then they're going to go someplace else. It didn't make any difference if the someplace else wasn't as good as you. That didn't matter. And so you have to make that decision. You know, financially, I guess it's a finance. Sometimes you have to make a financial decision and say, I'm just not going to do this anymore. I don't care about the money. I, I can't care about the money because the money is not helping me to be what I need to be. Yes, ma'am. You have to give up some time. Some time, absolutely. And I had to. In the one point in my life to commit time, mm -hmm. but I thought I did the past. Yeah, and, you know, and, it, and is it is it when he says give yourself holy them, uh, you know, it's a it's that's different for everybody. But you have to ask yourself, what is God's expectation of me? If God's done this in my life, what is His expectation for me? What does He expect me to do? Well, the only way you're gonna find out is you gotta get a book. And see what God says. You know, I, I can tell you, you know, uh, Luke chapter 12 comes to mind. You know, it, it's it's helped me on numerous fronts. But Jesus says, why are you worried about what you can't change? Why are you worried? He said, look at the birds. Look at the flowers. They don't do anything. And God takes care of them. Now, that's not saying we can't do anything. But he said, the, the birds, you know, God feeds them. The flowers, God dresses them. And yet you're worried about this thing you can't do anything about? And we do that, don't we? We spend a lot of time worrying about things that don't mean squat, about nothing. Really doesn't. Now, I'm not saying, you know, as a husband, we don't provide for our family, we don't go to work. But maybe it's the type of work you do. Maybe it's the type of job. Maybe it's the amount of hours you spend. All those things have to, have to take into consideration. What am I doing here? Because God said, told, Paul said to told Timothy, be diligent. Give yourself holy. We're in First Peter. I mean, we're in First Timothy, chapter four. If you've walked in and not, don't know where we're at, we're in chapter four. But anyway, uh, when you look at this and you say, "Okay, I am, I am, I'm going to be diligent. I'm going to give myself holy. Then 
And then he says in that verse, he says, so that everyone may see your progress. I want to take you to a text, all right? I want you to turn to Philippians chapter 1. It's just a couple of books back, towards the back of the, I mean, towards the front of the book. Look at the, you know, if you find Ephesians, go to the next one. That's, that's, uh, that's Philippians. Okay? Philippians chapter 1. And I'm going to start in verse 21. All right, I, want, I just listen to what Paul's telling the church at Philippi. Now, I'm going to clarify this. The reason I went to this is because if you remember, you go back to the book of Acts 16, and when Timothy is called, remember, Timothy's the young boy they have to circumcise when he's older. All right? His father's a Greek, his mother's a Jewish, and for him to go, Paul decides we need to circumcise this young man because that was a sign of the covenant, and we've done all that before. The next place they go, or the place they go pretty soon after, is Philippi. So Timothy would have been there with him, and so he may have even read this letter that, that Paul wrote at some point. He may have, or may have he had conversations with Paul. So when Paul writes this to Philippi, I want him to think Timothy had already had this conversation maybe with him. Listen to what he said. Verse 21. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I am to go on living in, in this body, this will be fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I do not know. I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. But it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith, so that through my being with you again, your boasting in Christ Jesus will abound on account of me. What it was Paul worried about? His progress is going to be your progress. As he progressed, you were going to progress. That's what he showed him. He said, I know that being with you will cause, will be a pro, you will progress because. That means you're going to move forward. You're not going to stagnate in the hole. You're not going to move backwards. You're going to start moving forward. How many of you feel like at some time in your life, maybe not now, but sometime in your life, that you got stuck in a hole? And you couldn't move forward, couldn't move backwards. You're just stuck in a ditch. And you, it seemed like the mud was higher, coming up higher and higher. It seemed like you got up to here and you couldn't even move anymore because you just got stagnated. And there's all kinds of reasons that happens, okay? That, you know, the pandemic caused that to happen. People went virtual and we went online and people got comfortable staying at home and then they got stuck in a hole and couldn't get out of it. And there's still people today out there like that. They're stuck in a rut, can't get out of it, and they, and they, they, they compensated and said, well, God will accept this because this is healthy. And look around and say, no, it's not healthy. But we, we do that. But what does Paul say here in, in, in 1, 1 Timothy? He said that everyone may see your progress. How many people in your life can see the progress that you're making in your spiritual walk? <clears throat> Maybe I should have asked. How many of you feel like there is a progress being made in your spiritual walk? I can. You can? Vic says he can. My kids. Huh? You can? My kids. Your kids, your kids are seeing it? They're watching. For, your, for y'all's information... Bobby's wife died about two years ago, right? Two years ago. He was a caretaker for her for how long? Over two years? 21 years. 21 years. He took care of her. She was dying uh, by little bit by little bit, and he and he became a caretaker. Lost everything he had. Yep. He, he had to sell everything he had to take care of her. And then she died. And 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 uh, he uh, he started coming back to church right after that. He and I met in the in the foyer, and the rest is history. And and now he's trying to get his kids to a place where where they see this new Bobby and not what it was before. And so they're seeing, they're starting to see the progress. They don't like it much, do they? 
But that's not going to dissuade him because he's giving himself fully to this. He said, I'm going to be the man I'm supposed to be. I'm not going to let that dissuade me. I'm not going to let that override me. I'm going to be the man, even though his kids are not happy with him. Now his kids are grown and they got family of their own. But he, he said, I, I'm going to be who I have to be who I am now. So are people seeing your progress in your life? How are they seeing it? What are they seeing? Hmm? Anybody? Everybody's afraid to talk. <laughs> yeah, I was just reading this Second uh, Timothy chapter 2, verse 22. Run from anything that stimulates a youthful lust. Instead, for, pursue a righteous living, faithfulness, love, and peace. Enjoy the companionship of those who call the Lord with your heart. Can you imagine... Can you imagine what we're going to do with that when I get there? How long are we going to be in that text? <laughs> we'll be in that text for a month. I mean, as you're reading, I'm going, yep, 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 yep. Can't wait. Can't wait to get there. The, the, yes, ma'am. This also, especially the be diligent mm -hmm. in these matters, mm -hmm. reminds me of the church of Laodicea yeah. in Revelation. You're lukewarm. Yeah. And we can't be, and if yeah. you're diligent, yeah. You won't be lukewarm. Yeah, if you're if you're diligent, you won't be lukewarm. You won't stat let yourself stagnate in a hole. You if you give yourself fully to it, you're gonna recognize it because you're gonna put people like that to you're gonna be in connection with other people and they're gonna see it. Thankfully I had someone in my life that said, You need to stop, you know, you need you need to step it up, you know, and, and, and somebody that knew me well enough to say, you know, Dan, what's wrong? Something's wrong, we you need to stop. And and that was what I needed to pull me out of that that ditch I was in that I couldn't crawl out of. He helped, he really reached down and helped get me out of it. Yeah, okay. I, I like my translation. It's okay. saying uh, diligent, it says absorbed. Yeah, I had that down here. That I just absorbed I, yeah. in it. Yeah. And and to me, that that, that really be, focuses as what what we are supposed to be like. Yeah. If you are absorbed in something, yeah. that means that is your focus. Yeah. You, are, you are in it. And, and, you know, we might think diligent is like, well, I'm trying to be in it, but like absorbed is like you're obsessed with it. I, I, I can I can only go by my own wife, but I know as a mother, she was absorbed with being a mother. It was who she was. It was her identity being a mother. And and she did a really good job at it. She was good at it. Okay. Now they may not say so. But because she was tough. Because she was tough. I mean she was she was I won't say a tyrant, but she was tough. Uh, and and her goal was when they're 25. They're not going to be five forever. One day they're going to be 25. Are they going to be Are they going to be citizens that I can be proud of? And and she's at a place now where yeah, she's proud of them because because of what they become. And much of that was her doing. She did that. Okay, I didn't know she did that because she was absorbed with being a mother. And maybe that comes with motherhood. I don't know. You know. I've known I've known mothers that weren't like that, but she was like that. All right, and I think that that amplifies that trait. That's what it means. It's I'm going to be all in. Everything about me is going to be here to do this. This is what I've been called to do here, and I'm going to do this with everything I have. So yeah, I think I think people will see that progress when you do that. Okay, they'll see that. Now look at the next verse. He said, "Watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them." Because if you do, you will save both yourselves and your hearers. What is he telling me here? What, what did he say? What did he say? He said, watch your life and your doctrine closely. I think this piggybacks off what we just talked about. I think watching my life and being honest with what is it I need to do. What is, it, what is my personality 
causing to happen in my life that maybe is not good and I need to eliminate? What is it in my doctrine? Is there something in my doctrine? How many of you are are comfortable enough in yourselves and your relationship with God to challenge what you believe? How many of you want to do that? You are? You've had to do that. I've had to do that. What about now? What about now? You willing to, you know, if you're going to watch your doctrine, that's what it said. He said, watch your life and doctrine closely. What if something in your doctrine kind of, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go to any of this stuff. I'm just saying, would you be willing to challenge your doctrinal stance and say, maybe I'm wrong? Would you go and do that? Yeah. This is about, you know, your life, what your life is and what your doctrine is have to mesh. They absolutely have to mesh. They can't, they, they, there cannot be hypocrisy in there. Yep. If you're going to get up there and you're going to talk about how you need to live this way, you need to do these things, and your life doesn't reflect those things. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. How is that going to lead to You're a hypocrite. other people being it, it saved? Become, it becomes You're hypocrisy. not going to be saved, and the people that are yep. going to listen to you yep. are going to believe you, and yep. they're not going to be saved. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know? That's a that's a that's a uh, a full load for anybody. Yes. Whether you're behind a podium with, with a microphone on, right. or whether you're a father in a household, or you're a mother in a household, or you're an employee at a job, yeah. you know, whatever it is, it can be anywhere. All of this is inclusive, okay? If you have to decide, am I going? If, how am I going to live my life, and is it going to be within the confines of doctrinal stance that is appropriate, godly, and spiritual? Is that what I'm going to do? That means I'm going to have to challenge what I believe. I'm going to have to challenge how, where, I, what stands I take. What, what am I going to do here? You know, you know, because there's a lot of stuff in the world right now that's trying to twist us in, and twist our minds and twist us around. Do you know what you believe? Are you willing to are you willing to stand on what you believe? Are you willing to change your mindset? If it doesn't if the book doesn't fit with where you're at. Yes, ma'am. Somebody have yes, ma'am. You can't have growth if you don't challenge yourself. That's part of growth. Because if you don't, you are just a puppet. And that's not what God wants us to do. Tell you what. He wants us to be a warrior. I've seen a lot of churches that uh, that were not changed would not challenge their doctrine, would not yep. honestly look at the book, and it killed them. Yep. And it killed them spiritually, it killed them numerically, and some of them, the whole church died. Yep. I've seen it happen. And and it's and it's sad to watch. But this is talking about an individual. Are you willing to go there in your own life? Maybe in your life, you doctor, you haven't even made a doctrine yet. Maybe you're still trying to make one. Then make make the right one. Do the right things. If you need to study with someone, study with them. If you need to sit and say, I don't know what this is talking about, then go to someone that they can help you find out what that is. Don't be afraid to study. I'm here every Friday night, every Friday night, at 6 o'clock, every Friday night. Guys, there's some of y'all in my class. What's that class like? Tell them. It's good. Yeah. Tell, what do we normally do when I can get them to talk when they not? I ask, let them ask me questions from the book. What is the question you have from this text? And let's talk about it. And what do I say if I don't want to do a text? I ain't doing that in here. 
I'm not going to do that here. You know, but but we will talk about. We've talked about a lot of different stuff in that class. You want to learn the book? You really want to learn the book? Better you've been in that class. You had said you used to come to that class, didn't you? Yeah. Long time ago. You want to be in it? You know, I am. I am. I'm going to do everything I can do to help help navigate you through the book. I'm going to try everything I can. It's open to anybody. You want to come? Come. If you really want to know the book, sit down with someone. Call. Call him. Say I want. Say I need to understand something I don't understand. He will sit down and talk with you. I know he got. He's got one guy that comes in and talks to him on Wednesday morning. They talk for over three hours. That study's over three hours long. Cole will not stop it until it until the study stops for itself. You know, don't don't stand for a guy and say, "Well, I didn't know," and God's going to say, "I gave you every opportunity." Don't tell me you don't know. I gave you every opportunity. So you know, ask yourself, "Am I really doing what I need to do to to watch over my life and watch over my doctrine?" You know, when you go wherever you end up, find someone that's going to teach you the truth. Not somebody's going to make you comfortable. Someone's going to teach you the truth. And then challenge and question everything. But make sure you line it up with this. Make sure you line your life up with this and make sure you learn your doctrine up with this. And if you do, one day you and I will have, we'll, we, if I do the same thing, you and I will spend eternity together. That's what I told Gary the other day. I said, it ain't going to be fun, you and me and Roy, to have a conversation when we get there. That's going to be a hoot. You know, I can't wait to talk to him. And then now Victor. Yeah, and to see Victor, Victor there too. I, I went there Saturday. I know I know you did. I, and I, but that's gonna be that's gonna be awesome. Beautiful. To be able to talk to them together. Because that's what the goal is, isn't it, guys? Now look at the next thing he said. We got five minutes. Whew. He said, watch your life and doctrine closely, persevere in them. Because if you do, you will save both your yourself and your hearers. I got a text. I want you to turn to Hebrews chapter twelve. And then we're gonna look at the next book, which is which is James chapter one. All right? Hebrews chapter twelve. Starting in verse 1. This is what it says. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded, now, therefore is, why is therefore there? Why does he say that? Because of something that he said before. And if you look at chapter 11, what is, the, what is that's called the chapter of the faithful. Person after person after person after person. And at the end of chapter 11, he said, and all these people were good people, but none of them received what was promised. Not one of them. They could only receive it because of us what he said. If the church don't exist, they don't exist, spiritually. Okay? That shows how important what Jesus did is. Now, then in verse 12, chapter 12, he said, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that's so easily entangled, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the, the pioneer and perfecter of faith for the joy set before him. He endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Persevere. P fix your eyes where? If you fix your eyes on me, guess what's going to happen? I'm going to let you down. I will. I promise you I'm going to let you down. Promise. If you fix your eyes on Vic, I promise you he's going to let you down. Promise. But if I fix my eyes on Jesus, the author, perfecter of my faith, the one who did died on the cross, you didn't, he did. What's going to happen? I, I always have one that I know is stable and is completely connected. And he said, and what does he say here? He said, and let us and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Remember we talked about last week, we talked about the gift that we have. 
the gift that God gave us that inspects us to do what with? To nurture souls and to, and to grow grow Christians. What he, and he says here, he said, you run the race that's marked out for you. I have a different race to run than you do. All right? I have a different race to run than she does. I have a race that God has marked out for me. And my job is to run my race and, and never give up. And the only way that's going to happen is if I fix my eyes on him, but if I stay focused on him. Remember what it said, I think it's in Luke 14. He said, you want to be my disciples? Is that what he said? Remember? You want to be my disciples? He said, deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me. And he said, if you do that, then you'll truly be my disciple. But if you don't, you won't. So I have to deny myself, pick up my cross, and follow him. You know, I, we, when I, uh, I didn't drive at this time when Georgia had her stroke and we went to Houston and we were going in two cars and we were all going. And uh, and I don't remember who was in, in the lead. I think Mark was in the lead, I think. And uh, and we didn't know exactly. Mark had a direction he was going to go. He knew where we were going. And these guys were in the car behind us. And did you all have to keep focused on Mark? Mm. <laughs> Let me. I want to ask how easy was that? If Mark would be listening, <laughs> it could be. It was a challenge at times, wasn't it? It's not because of Mark, because of the traffic. Because <laughs> we got there at about five o'clock. Yeah, because of Mark too. We got there about five o'clock on Thursday. Right? It was on a Thursday. Right? And we got there about five o'clock, and traffic was. I asked a nurse at the hospital. I said, "Do y'all grow these people on trees?" <laughs> She said, what are you talking about? I said, lousy drivers. <laughs> Do y'all throw them? Do y'all y'all invent these people? Because it seems like they're all like that. You know, and if I've got my eyes focused on Jesus, if I'm focused on him, what do I absolutely know? He's going to take me to the promised land. Right? He's going to take me where I need to go. Right? Now, I want one more. James chapter 1, and then I'm done. Look at James chapter 1, starting verse 2. Consider it for joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of any kind, because you know that the testing of your faith produces what? Perseverance. Perseverance. What is God trying to, you know, what did my wife as a mother try to do? She tried to grow and nurture those boys so that one day they could be, they could be where they are today. That's what she did. All right? And she put things in her path. I can remember events. I don't remember who it was. I remember clothes in the middle of a, of a, of a bedroom piled about that high because they didn't do what she told them and, about cleaning the room, and so she just made it. She just made them a, a job for a while. <laughs> and she dumped everything out of their drawers, put it on the middle of the floor, and said, you're not going to eat till you, or not going to whatever till you get this done. <laughs> I remember her, I don't know which one it was, walking up the front of this building and grabbing one of them and said, let's go. In front of everybody. She didn't wait till it was over. She didn't wait till there was a lull. She went up there and got, I don't remember which one it was. I don't remember. It was Kevin. Go figure, it was Kevin. Anyway, she got him and said, let's go. You know, she didn't care about embarrassing him. What was the job? You know, to make sure he's a viable, healthy, spiritual adult. That's right. And that's what she created. You don't have to like where he's at. But if you know him, you know that all three of those things are true about him. All three of them. So, 
we're going to pick it up in here next week. And Mike, I got had a question I didn't get to, but you know, uh, I, I want you to make sure that you're looking at this from this perspective. Okay, we're going to look at families next week. That's what chapter five was about 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 older folks, younger folks, older women. How what was supposed to happen as we as we grow a church? All right. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next week.